1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Built for the stage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right. Please enjoy this conversation. If you were a stage right playwright, what would you write about?
0: Oh, do, you no, have any, actually, like, do you have any
1: stories in your head that you need to yes. put
0: on paper? Um, it's funny you ask that because um, one of my bucket list items for this year is to write the book for a musical. Um, and it kind of came, came to me out of nowhere and I feel like it really sat on my heart and I feel like I have to do it. But my mom was here in New York for the first time ever um, over Christmas. And we were talking about my grandpa and he has the most insane life story um in poland surviving world war ii and surviving being separated from his family and fighting in the war and um working underground and it's this fascinating story of him and actually i want to write a musical about it so now it's on the podcast so now it, like really has to happen now i'm like gonna be held accountable to do it
1: <laughs> this podcast has been
0: has been that for some I guess um, i think that's good yeah it's amazing. more accountability um yeah Yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes ideas land on you and you can either be like, I'm weird. I talk to my ideas when they land on me and it's like, oh, hi, idea. Like, I see you, I feel you, you're here. Either I'm the right match for you or, like, go find somebody else and land on someone else. But this one, like, landed on me and I'm doing it. It's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be good, but we're going to make it happen.
1: Did you start talking to your idea from that book Big
0: Magic, yeah, yeah, that's good, right? You know, she
1: talks about that talking to yeah. idea and if how you, like
0: if you're listening and you haven't read Big Magic and you're an artist, especially you gotta read Big Magic. It's so good.
1: Yeah, uh, Michael Mott, who friend yeah. uh, of
0: mine. writes music for yeah. musicals. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's
1: it. Right? You guys gotta team up.
0: Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's the one that I um, actually told him about this idea already. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know what. What genre I want the music to be, or what direction for it to be? I think it will like develop itself as it's written, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think it's gonna be really, really cool. Cool. Yeah, he told me about the book. That's why I've met yeah. him. Up. I'm glad you read oh, it. Oh yeah,
1: Michael's good. a girlfriend stage fan. He's doing. He he's doing well. Yeah. He's doing well. Uh, um, we went and
0: grabbed dinner one day, and we're like looking at the menu, like open up Fitness Pal, and being like, okay hey, what fits in today?" <laughs>
1: I love that. I love <laughs> Stick that. Stick
0: to <laughs> it. Funny system. I
1: love that so since you've booked the share show and that's coming up soon yeah i saw that you've toured you've done the cruise ships you've you've done the hustle and bustle of like survival yeah jobs. um now that you're approaching that kind of final opportunity not final but like the destination of right. making your debut
0: arriving to your goal Yeah.
1: yeah what what particular moment or a few moments stick out to you where you had a hurdle to jump or a rut to climb out of, and and you made
0: that decision to do so instead yeah. of
1: quitting or avoiding or...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can think of two off the top of my head right now. Um, the first one was I was doing a show years ago, and I dislocated my shoulder, which for me, I had a pretty bad labral tear in the back of my shoulder. and. I went to a shoulder specialist and he said that I'm probably never gonna be able to do another press lift again in my life. And as someone who was building a career really around partnering, that was like a really huge setback for me. Um, and I basically was, they suggested that I have this shoulder surgery and that I'd be in a sling for eight months. Um, and then after the eight month period, I'd be able to start start PT on my shoulder. So I was like, You've got to be kidding me. Um, and this is right around the time that I got the offer for Dre Dancing. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm doing this, we're figuring this out. Dre um, Dancing was a dream show for me. So I went to another, I went to my doctor, who is um, Dr. Rose on the Upper East Side. And he recommended, you know, why don't we try physical therapy? And I was already kind of a strong guy, like I worked out a lot. and. Already, you know, two weeks after the injury, he was like, you know, your shoulder is looking really great, really strong, really mobile. Um, I mean, like looking at the MRI, this looks really messy, but seeing you in person, it looks pretty good. So, why don't we try physical therapy and see how that goes for you for a while? So, I did physical therapy um, and I did an hour and a half of physical therapy exercises every day for a year on top of my gym workouts, which I had to start incorporating um, back into my life. And I pulled through out of that injury and I was able to go on tour and do press lifts eight times a week on tour. And now I'm stronger in my shoulder than I've ever been. And I think my like injured shoulder is actually stronger than my normal shoulder because I like spent so much time doing physical therapy and exercises. And it also taught me a lot. Like I, I learned how to stack my shoulders correctly and make sure that that doesn't happen again, and how to do everything in a safe way. Um, but that was the first time where I was like, okay, I can either like give up and be depressed and go back into marketing and like find a job or whatever, or I can like step it up and put in the work and put in the sweat and trust that this is going to happen for me if it's if it's meant to be. Um, that was the first one, and then the second one. I was on uh, tour of Chicago, which is still to this day my favorite show I've ever done. Um, and it was my dream show for years when I moved to the city. And I got to tour with that show and the cast was amazing and I had the best freaking time on that tour. Um, and the tour came to an end and I had the option of staying on for another year or taking a risk and being unemployed and moving back to the city. And I knew I wanted to be on Broadway and I knew that if I wanted to make that happen, I needed to take a risk, and I did. (laughs) And I moved back to New York and I was unemployed for like, I don't know, like 10 months or something. I mean, luckily, Traviata came in and like saved my butt a little bit, um, eventually. But yeah, I was working survival jobs for a long time and was very humbled (laughs) and was auditioning a ton and not getting the jobs that I wanted for a while. And then eventually, the share show sure came through you know but um if i would have stayed on tour i don't i'm not convinced that that would have happened
1: when you were auditioning and things weren't happening did you end yeah. up making a change to end up booking what you booked or was it a matter of just simply yeah. being consistent and patient
0: um, i think it was a combination of both okay um i think there's definitely something to be said about being consistent and being patient and trusting that what's meant for you is going to arrive and be yours, and what's not meant for you is going to pass you by. And being okay with that, being happy with that, and you know, when you don't, don't book that dream job, you know, it's. I started looking for the gratitude, in. okay, that job wasn't meant for me, I'm happy that it passed me by, and now I'm ready and open to receive the job that is meant for me. Um, that was a big lesson. But yeah, uh, staying staying in it and just staying consistent and showing up every day it's like the gym it's like you have to show up and you have to put in the work Um, but also you have to you can't be doing the same thing every single day and expecting different results same with the gym you know it's like you can't show up and do the same exact workout every day and expect to miraculously change your body you got to push yourself right so I started taking voice lessons I started taking more dance class um, I took my fitness more seriously Um, got myself this amazing coach, I don't know if you've heard of him, Joe Roscoe, y'all. Um, but yeah, I stepped it up in, I, I, I started reaching out to people for help, I think is what I'm trying to get to, is I, you know, there's only so much you can do on your own and then you might get stuck. So and it's, you know, sometimes you have to invest, whether it's financially or with your time or with your energy, but I think that investment's always going to be worth it. that's so up.
1: that's so common though like we just try to do it on our own yeah like by nature it's a, yeah a lot for a lot of people like my nature it's, it's like, just like oh just grind what just is like, that head down and grind
0: as opposed right. to like let... i think it's the new york mentality a little bit too you're like everyone moves to this city and you want to be strong no, and no. make it all happen but you gotta you can't be scared to ask for help yeah or guidance Yeah. yeah yeah it, it takes it takes a village that that it also really does. that
1: also keeps along with uh, guests on the show proclaiming things that they're thinking of doing, and then realizing the public's going to hear it. They always have to do it. <laughs> ah. on, on top of that, right. the the line theme of like the amount of people around you it takes to get you or a person to where they're at is just absolutely incredible, and. and and you can't take that for granted, or think that it's by accident. Like, we need
0: one another. Yeah. And community the- is so important. Yeah.
1: So you're you're talking about Michigan and how your dad worked at General Motors. My dad yep. worked at General Motors for. Uh, 42 years what? so we're, we're uh we're gm kids wait where uh in What's... ohio lordstown it's called lordstown ohio
0: that's crazy yeah but come on midwest
1: right so you went to um michigan state and you did. you actually majored in um marketing and international business i saw i did tell me about that
0: um when i was finishing high school i decided that i was done with musical theater mm and I wanted to go to school, and my dad wanted me to get, quote unquote, a real degree that I could use later in life, which then my dad, I was lucky where my dad was paying for a part of my college, so I said, cool, and I wasn't totally opposed to it, and I went to Michigan State, and I love it there. Um, The Spartans. The Spartans. And not to be confused with U of M, which is down the street. Mm-hmm. Wolverines. Boo! Um, the... <laughs> I was obviously a Spartan fan, um, but I went to school and I was originally a finance major. Oh. And my freshman year, I got placed into this like ridiculous junior level international finance course. I don't know what happened with maybe with like AP credits, or I don't know how I ended up in there. But I cried probably like four times a week. It was so hard. And I hated finance, um, and eventually I switched to marketing, which I liked a lot better because it's just more artsy, and I'm, I'm actually like, I was really good at marketing and terrible at finance. So that worked out. But the point of the story is that at Michigan State, you're able to audition for the main stage musicals regardless of your major. So like at U of M, you have to be a BFA musical theater program student to be in their main stage musicals. At Michigan State, it's open to everybody. And I, t- I said I was done. But the freshman, I mean, as a freshman, the musical was Rent that year. So I was like, you know what, I really like Rent. I'm just gonna audition and like see what happens. I'm not gonna get it, I'm not a major, I'm not. I'm a freshman, no one knows who I am. Um, and I auditioned and I got it. And then I just got like sucked right back into it. <laughs> it, did, lasts, like, it lasted just a hot, a hot second, right? Yeah.
1: Um, now, you majored in marketing, international business. You said you are, so starting or you started a business, yeah. are you using any of those tools for this business or what's what's going on there?
0: Yeah, so I started my own business in January of this year, um, it's called Branding for Broadway Artists um, and it's moving slowly but surely, um, but yeah, it's using my my marketing degree in helping artists uh, figure out their branding and how they want to brand themselves online, especially online. So. The main product right now is centered around um the website design as well as social media strategy um and organizing photo shoots and everything from like styling um to yeah i mean everything kind of like an all-compassing i think the people i want to work with the most are people that have like a really unique look or a really unique type um, i just worked with courtney daniels in january and Just finished up our website, everything looks really cool, but working with people that have like a really interesting look is like,
1: it's cool, I don't know. Do you have a special handle or name for that or website right Uh, now? It's all
0: coming together now. But with rehearsals now, I had to kind of like put it all on hold. Okay, Um, okay. There's like a temporary page up, but hopefully soon it's gonna be, all up and running. I like also had to get all of my own materials together, Because <laughs> right, right, right. people are gonna go to my own page to see what everything looks like. So, I uh, had to focus, put a lot of energy into my own stuff as well as my first client stuff. And now, you know, the like company page kind of fell on the back burner, but. As soon as I'm out of rehearsals, hopefully it will be up and running over the summer. Well, yeah.
1: speaking of, by the time this podcast airs, maybe that will be ready. But by the time this podcast goes live, you'll have made your Broadway debut. In yes, the share show. <laughs> so we chatted a little bit about uh, your dressing room and that fun stuff. Um, yeah,
0: you're you're swinging the show right now. Yes, swinging vacation swing.
1: I saw that you're good at making. Um, what are they called? Show bibles. Yeah, like so you, charts. And, yeah, yeah. Yep. You, you, that's going to be coming in handy for your own personal use as a Yeah. Play, right? Well,
0: luckily we have the most incredible dance captains, um, Amy and Ryan, over um, at Daniel Simon, and they've done so much of the work for us already, and I'm so grateful for them. Um, I have been in shows where I've had to do all that work myself earlier, um, or at least help the, the dance captain put it all together, um, but they have been so good. In, they're so prepared and they're so on top of it and they know every single step and every single they don't have a number line at the share Show we have a color line it's like color LED lights so you're like you're on red instead of like on three you know what I mean it's really weird I love that it's like well what if you're color blind I don't know you're like screwed (laughs) true Um, that's funny but No, but they're incredible. All the material is pretty much together, and I'm just getting spooned, like fed everything. So I'm so lucky, so blessed in that regard.
1: Awesome. Very cool. Um, I saw that you put weightlifting on a skill on your resume.
0: Yes, I did. Does does anyone ever
1: like look at that in the audition room?
0: Has anyone ever brought that up? You know, no one's ever brought that up. I think it helps in. I don't know. So I am. Basically, built a career in the last couple of years on lifting girls in shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, especially with dirty dancing, that like when they came in handy as basically just like picking girls up, carrying them, and putting them down is like what we called it. Like, the girls <laughs> never touch the ground. Um, and I think it, you know, as as a choreographer or casting director, seeing that on someone's resume, you then know that that person knows how to, you know, eight shows a week lift a human over their head and not injure themselves. Like, if you can.
1: You know, deadlift and
0: press, then you're going to be able to align your body and your shoulders and your back in a way that's going to keep you and your partner safe on stage. Yeah. So that's why I have it on there. I think that's a really useful tool. Yeah,
1: it lets yeah. them know you won't limit them with what they can do with their choreography. Right. right. Yeah. Speaking of the choreography, going back to uh, La. Traviata. Yes. What was that? The makeup you had on was crazy. Oh my God. What is the show about? Yeah. The the show is
0: about a woman basically that's like dying for three acts. (laughs) but the scene that we were in so it's like a three hour opera and we're on stage for like nine minutes i'm not exaggerating so you like get to the theater an hour into the show and then you like have lift call during the first intermission and then you dance for nine minutes and then you're done and you wait to bow at the very end um (coughs) excuse me but um the number that we're in is basically like a party scene her the main character's friend hosts a party and so we're in the party entertainment. So traditionally in La Traviata um, it's more of like a matador number. Um, and for our purpose of this version that we did, it was directed in a way that it is more of a dance of the dead. So we had all this crazy like skull makeup on and it was the movement was like very um, sort of like like creepy and <laughs> But it was like very modern and cool, but like also kind of jazzy. Yeah, but we had all this skull makeup on. And one of the reviews that we got was like, what do they call us? Um, Sexy zombies, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Which I like, isn't too far off, but like kind of hilarious that someone would review a scene at the Met as sexy zombies. But yeah, yeah, sexy zombies. Were you
1: in act one, two, or three? Act two
0: and then we had like a little cross in act three and then that was it
1: I was gonna say did you get to like come late and leave early if you were in
0: act two come late but also stay late so the problem is we we had face makeup but we also had body makeup and you had to get all that makeup off so we had to like shower at the theater to get Mm -hmm. all that off and it was so itchy metallic paint Yeah, you know, it got to come late, but it was always a late night. Like, I would get home around, like, midnight or after midnight, for sure. Really? Yeah. Wow, that was
1: like... And then some... Oh, my gosh. Well, let's talk about that, because you... Did you start rehearsals for the Cher show while
0: closing that show? So, I had a week off. We closed La Traviata, and then I had one week off. And like a week and a couple of days, and then I started share after that.
1: What were you doing? There was a week when you and I were training together and we're communicating, and you were doing like yeah, yeah. it was like you were getting up at 4 a.m., <laughs> like something crazy. So, what was Yeah, it was a week where
0: I remember you were was, really busy. There was one week in particular that was kind of, I mean, it was a blessing, but also kind of a nightmare. I was, um I worked at equinox the front desk was one of my survival jobs and that opens at 5 15 in the morning so that means my alarm goes off at 4 a.m and i have to like get up and be out the door in 20 minutes um, so i was getting up at 4 a.m and then working equinox until 10 a.m then i was working on a lab at the time so i have to run over to the lab for the whole day and then i'd be at the med at night until like midnight so my day would start at 4 a.m and it would end at midnight and that was for like. Here and there for a week, and we didn't have a show every night at the Met. Thank God. So I got to like go to sleep early a couple of times. But yeah, that was, it's tough. I like respect the grind and the hustle because it yeah. is. It's not for everyone. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah.
1: Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, yes. your your Polish family roots because you were telling me about.
0: <laughs> Yeah. The figure skating or what? Were we yeah. About? Yeah. So, I guess like a quick synopsis, quick yeah. summary. Yeah. Just a little um, like
1: where you came from type Yeah, of Yeah,
0: know. yeah. Uh, my parents met in Poland in Warsaw, the capital, um, because they were both, well, ball- they both are ballroom dancers, um, and they met because they were ballroom partners. And my dad worked for a car company, and my mom was going to school to be an English teacher in Poland, um, and my dad. He got a contractor with General Motors in Detroit. And so he went out and did one, did another one, did another one. Eventually, they asked him to stay full time. So that's why my parents both decided to move to Detroit, out of all places in America. Um, and my mom couldn't really teach English in America as her second language, so um, she went. She became a nurse, and then she became now she's a medical biller. Um, but they continued dancing and competing like all through. Um, my youth, and my mom, actually, my mom still competes, you guys. No, she just had, she danced in a showcase, like, literally, what day is it today? Like, three days ago. Um... But yeah, so I was born and raised in Detroit, uh, first generation. My first language was actually Polish. Um, Did you hang on to it? I hung on to it. Oh, yeah, nice. still. I mean, when I was a kid, my parents would pretend to not understand what I'm saying if I spoke to them in English, just so that I had to use it. I'm an only child, so I had no one else really in the house to talk to, um, but my parents. And yeah, so I grew up in Detroit, and my background like dance wise is mainly ballroom and then I picked up figure skating for a while and then eventually you get to a point in figure skating where you're like falling over and over and over and over again when you're like learning jumps and stuff and my knees were getting so banged up and bruised up that we decided to call it quits and I'm like so glad I did it yeah and then I fell into musical theater in high school and then figured out that I love it and then started honing in those skills after that.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Let's do a fun little ever round, I'll call it. An ever, ever an What's ever, ever round. What's the most fun you've ever had doing the show? Uh
0: Chicago on tour. Why? A tour. I love Bob Bossi's work and his style. Um and making choreography in that show is incredible. And for me that's like the style that adapted to my body and my, like, instrument the best, I think, um, and I love it, I, I freaking love it.
1: Who's the fiercest person you've
0: ever worked with? Uh, oh my god, so many fierce people, um, is it working? Is my microphone working? No, your chest is
1: working, (laughs) Um, fiercest person you've ever worked with,
0: uh, can I have two? Yeah. One is going to be Dylees who was our um, Roxy on tour of Chicago. She's incredible. Um, and the other person is Janet DeCall, and I worked with her at Good Speed. Um, she was in Wonderland on Broadway. What made them fierce? Um, their confidence. Mm. And- The way they just step up to the plate with no... I mean, maybe they're scared, but no fear comes across. And their ability to just, like... I don't know, do what they do best on stage. It's incredible. I don't know. Cool.
1: Weirdest or most random
0: show you've ever done? (laughs) I have probably, like, 30 weird shows that I did working on cruise ships. Uh (laughs) Um, The weirdest thing I think I've ever done was... Uh, we had an opening to a Beatles medley on my cruise ship, okay. and um, we had these weird Beatles wigs that we had to wear, and we had this lime green suit with pink piping that we called the gator suit, um, and with those alligators.
1: So we're talking about the revolution of like them doing the color coding. Yes. And now you're also pointing out they do a little something different too with the tracks?
0: Yeah, so when, when you have automation in a show um, on Broadway or on tour or anywhere really, normally it's like you have these tracks built into the deck and a lot of times like automation gets stuck because like a bobby pin falls in or like, you know, whatever things happen. But the automation at the share show and this blew my mind is all on like magnetic strips. So the tracks on stage are actually just like a strip of metal and it's completely smooth and like blends in seamlessly with the rest of the deck. So like you're never going to get your heels stuck. You're never going to get like a bobby pin lodged in there. It's crazy. Mm. That blew my mind. Do you know. think
1: they did that for um, the Dark Lady number?
0: I think they which, did. Which is it. the most amazing
1: dance number I've it seen on Broadway insane. in a long time.
0: It is insane. And Ashley is incredible. She just won the Cheetah Rivera award. She just won day. on
1: Monday night? Yeah, and on Monday night. She w- She's episode 15, y'all. So after you oh, listen to me, okay, I here, have to go
0: back and listen to it.
1: Oh, we talk about the number, the evolution of it. It was. It's
0: great. It's insane. And I, I watch, I mean, sometimes I like, I'm usually yeah. rehearsing in the lobby right now, which is downstairs, like under the orchestra. And the irony is like, sometimes you're on stage and sometimes you're under the stage, but I'm still doing the show. But, um, the, sometimes i will just like stop rehearsing and go up and just like watch it because she is so amazing and obviously the male ensemble is incredible the, the male and the female everyone in the show is amazing but yeah Ashley is she's a standout yeah
1: she's she crushes it
0: right and such a Crushed sweet it. human yeah. um, it's amazing I love watching her mm-hmm. but yeah I think the tracks are made that way just in general for all like maybe all the shoes in the show like this, like some people are in like Spike stilettos um I yeah. think it's probably just more reliable than the old-school tracks that we've had on Broadway up till now. I mean, I haven't seen a magnetic track before. It's I think that's really cool. Yeah.
1: All right, that'll do it with Built for the Stage fam, Miha Koshkowski. This guy's a hard worker. He's consistent on and off the stage, in and out of the gym. So if you want to check him out, he's on Instagram, at Miha Kowashkovski. And you can look at the spelling on the description of this podcast. If you like the podcast, rate it, subscribe, leave a comment. And once again, try out a free trial by going to the website, billforthestage.com or DMing me on Instagram at billforthestage. All right, guys, until next time, it's me, Roscoe, signing off.